All right, greetings, my friends. Welcome to another episode of OCD Straight Talk with Chris Lines, licensed psychotherapist and anxiety disorders and OCD spectrum disorders treatment specialist, reaching out to you from Minnesota's Twin Cities, home of the Micro Brew. I'm not sure how long I'm going to be doing these podcasts. I'm about, I guess, about nine episodes in uh, at the present time, and as I'm chatting through these concepts and and um, and kind of working through these ideas of evidence-based um, processes and and work for the meaningful reduction of uh, of symptom presentation with regard to OCD and and like I say, anxiety-related disorders. I find myself sort of thinking, where is this all going? And, and why, why are you doing this? And I guess it harkens back to the, the beginning of what I said in the very, very beginning of the kind of the intro episode, if, if you happened to listen uh, to that. And, and the intro episode was really sort of discussing this, this idea of a chasm, you know, a, um, a separation, a break uh, between um, one side of the psychotherapeutic field and the other, uh, where you have these sort of generalists, if you will, uh, if I can kind of use this sort of language, general practitioners as psychotherapists, um, or general practitioner psychotherapists, and then you have specialists and, uh, and just having just by, you know, the happenstance and, and the way life would have it. I happened to fall in uh, with an individual who was very well trained and who was very well connected, who had worked with uh, Edna Foa at the University of Pennsylvania. Perhaps if you're listening to this uh, um, this podcast, you don't know the name Edna Foa. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. But um, the reality is, if you've done any research on OCD or, uh, on anxiety disorders, uh, trauma reactions, um, uh, and so on, you've come across the work of Edna Foa. Um, again, you may not know the name and the may, the name may not ring a bell, but, uh, she's a, a researcher, kind of one of those giants, uh, movers and shakers as it were in the field that, uh, you know, will leave a lasting, uh, imprint on not only the field in general, but particularly on the way that we conceptualize uh, psychotherapy in the evidence-based protocol and process. So you, you have n- uh, no doubt come across her concepts and her, her, uh, uh, you know, th- the results of her work. Uh, in any case, um, point is that I, I uh, again, I guess we could say luck would have it that I happened to fall in. Um, I happened to, to, uh, send a resume. I happened to get a job interview. I happened to get offered a job. I happened to, uh, find myself under the tutelage and under the, um, under the, uh, the kind of the clinical supervision and training of someone who had worked directly with FOA and who, uh, who kind of gave me an opportunity to jump into the field of the kind of specialization of, of OCD work and, and more generally, uh, anxiety related, uh, treatment. So I kind of learned that 
over the course of time, I, I guess I began to see this theme, this really recognizable theme that so often cases would begin with this sort of explanation. I've been in therapy for a long time and I just never seem to get better. I, I, I kind of grew to, to, to recognize the song. I would hear it over and over and over again through the weeks, through the months, through the years. It's just a really, really common theme. And I began to see that, gosh, there's, there's a distinction. You know, these, these generalists don't seem, generally speaking, I don't mean to say nobody, you know, 0% versus 100%, you know, nobody. No, but generally speaking, these sort of generalists, if you will, don't really seem to know, uh, no disrespect meant, really, no, no, no disrespect meant, but they don't really seem to know how to get meaningful results in a reasonable amount of time. It just doesn't seem to be happening. I just began to see it over and over again. So many cases would begin with that story. I've been in therapy. I've been in therapy for years. I've seen several therapists over and over again. I would hear that story. I still do today. So there's this kind of theme and it, and it over the years has really begun to bother me. And, uh, and it's really, it's really begun to, to cause distress for me. And I guess in some ways it causes distress for me because as a graduate student, I didn't learn much about OCD. I think maybe there was a couple of lectures, you know, about it. Uh, you know, maybe I, I read a handful of chapters maybe on OCD specifically, but really the concept of, of how it gets effectively treated you know, gosh, there was, there was just, there was nothing of that in, in graduate school. And I don't mean to knock where I went to school. I think that's a reality across graduate programs regarding clinical therapy or clinical counseling and, and psychotherapy. Because like I say, it's a pretty pronounced theme. It's happening over and over and over again. And I've worked in a number of different states in the United States and, and everywhere I go, it's that same theme, you know, clients show up with the same story. I've been in therapy many times. So I'm not knocking where I went to school. I love where I went to school and I'm not knocking where anybody else went to school. Nope. I think it's just a reality that we don't get trained in graduate school to do this kind of work. You just don't. You don't, you do the best that you can with what you've got. But the simple reality is most of us are under trained to deal with, uh, with, if I can say it this way, disordered anxiety or clinically significant anxiety presentations. Most of us just don't really know the roadmaps. Most of us just don't really know what to do to produce or to help clients produce those results. We just don't, we just don't. So I just happened to fall in uh, with someone and get some specialized training and see the theme. And here's the theme. Here it is. And I've, and I've been doing a podcast, you know, for, for about, I guess about 90 days, I've been doing this podcast and I find myself beginning to sort of revisit the whole idea. And I find myself asking, well, where is this going? What is it that you're meaning to accomplish? 
Because as I say, I begin every episode, except this one, with the statement that, that this podcast is only a podcast and it's not intended in any way to take the place of evidence-based psychotherapy to, or to serve as your medical advice. Yet, I will then go and sort of talk about some of these clinical concepts that really play out in therapy. And the intention is not for this podcast to somehow take the place of therapy. I've said it over and over and over again, and it's true. That's not the intention. So it just sort of raises this question in my mind. What is it that I'm seeking to do, to accomplish? And I suppose if nothing else, what I'm seeking to accomplish is to be a voice for you. Those of you who continue to suffer from clinically significant anxiety presentations who go to therapy faithfully week after week, month after month, in some sad cases, year after year, without making progress. And as a specialist, I see it over and over and over again. And I guess what I'm trying to say is it makes me sad. It's wrong. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. But one voice isn't going to change it. And I know that. You know that. It's not going to change it. It is what it is. And that's just the way the field goes. But it does make me sad. It makes me sad that you suffer. It makes me sad that you go to therapy and you continue to suffer. It makes me sad. It makes me upset. It makes me angry that we therapists don't do a better job of training the next generation in evidence-based processes. Individuals like FOA out of UPenn provide treatment-specific manuals and conduct research studies to get at factual data, good, hard evidence, and then formulate therapeutic modalities around those data. Yet, we still have practitioners that are engaging different processes that are not as effective as certain ones that we know these produce results, period. So is it the practitioner that, uh, that has failed? Or is it the field in general that has failed? You know, I, I guess that's a question that, you know, is up to the next generation to answer. As a, as a specialist in the field today, I see the theme. And it makes me sad. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But it is. This is what it is. So all I know to do is to jump on the air like this and start talking about the evidence-based process and start talking about the active ingredient of behavior change within that process. Start talking about the importance of getting in to see a specialist Again, 
absolutely no offense meant to generalists. That's not at all what I'm meaning to accomplish here. Nope. But I am meaning to empower you, the listener, with information. Information that's backed by not just a research study, but hundreds and hundreds of research studies, decades of information that really, when it all boils out, it points to, if you take the C out of OCD, it is no longer by definition OCD and it will not endure symptomatologically very long. If we change that behavior, you've heard me say again and again and again, if we change that behavior, the thoughts and those feelings are just short to follow. If we change the behavior, and that's the one that we have the most control of, we can't just stop having thoughts, right? Now, again, you've heard me say this, we've gone through it and through it. But this is the intent. This is why I get on the air and, and publish these podcasts to empower you, to equip you with knowledge, with fact, with data. This is why I do it, to encourage you, to empower you, to try my best with what little voice or power or platform I have to begin to mitigate that gap, to begin to, to shorten that chasm and to begin to educate and empower not just listeners, but therapists too. That all of us can work to be on the same page together so that we can work as a community collectively to be better at treating anxiety-related disorders. At the end of the day, a lot of these symptom dimensions really, really do function a lot more similarly than they do differently. They have a lot more in common, that is to say, than not. And again, you've heard me say that over and over again. So I just wanted to get on the air here uh, again. I'm not sure, like I said, how many more times I'll do this. Maybe, maybe I'll do a lot more podcasts. Maybe I won't. But it makes me sad that so many are out there suffering and so many are out there struggling. And there just seems to be little that we can do. Little that we are doing, I should say it that way, to stop it. There is much that we can do. There is much that some individuals are trained to do. There is a lot of very good that we're able to produce through evidence-based processes. The challenge becomes when we're under-trained and we're under-oriented to the evidence-based work. The true loss is not felt in terms of dollar figures when money exchanges hands. The true loss is when clients, when you, the listener, are going to therapy week after week, month after month, 
and not making the progress and little by little beginning to believe truly and genuinely that you will never get better. That this is, as it were, the cross that you will bear and you will live this way for the rest of your days. I, I say to you as clearly and as loudly as I can from, again, this quite limited platform that there is phenomenal volumes of evidence and data that these conditions are so very treatable, so very treatable. My hope is that you will find someone who is, um, is really a specialist in the field. Um, my hope is that you'll find someone that you'll, you'll get connected with someone who, who is really something of an expert in the area. I hope that you won't continue to suffer while going to therapy for so long and making little progress. My hope is that this is not you. My hope is that I'm talking about someone that's not you, that you've made progress. But so many times out of the, the many, many hundreds maybe even thousands of individuals I've treated specifically for OCD and related disorders and anxiety related disorders. So many times the cases have begun with the telling of that story. The chances are the individuals listening to this podcast are among those. And again, it makes me sad. I wish it weren't that way. As always, as always, Feel free to reach out. You can uh, you can send me an email. Um, my email address is my name. Uh, that's Chris Lines, C H R I S L E I N, as in Nancy, S as in Sam, Chris Lines, 04 at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out. I do uh, wish you all the very, very best. And uh, thanks for tuning into the program.